I'm, well, work, 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 like Riri, but <laughs> I'll live. <laughs> um, let me get into this first starting off. Um, so there's a lot of great music out. It's like indie, well, I'll take it back. It's, it's, some, it's some good music out. Um, could you tell I was me about to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> could you tell me one of your favorite albums right now? Um, I haven't taken out the Killer Mike album. You said the Killer Mike album? Yeah, the Killer Mike album is definitely dope. I haven't taken it out. Any other? That's it? Um, on the R&B side, I've been listening to a few things. Um, something that's new. Let me, uh, the Maida, I think that's how you pronounce her name, Maida. The album is fire. Um, that al- that album is really fire. M-A-E-C-A. Mm-hmm. how you spell it, I think. Yeah. But those are probably the last two projects that I really like. So I want to get into you being on the Joe Button podcast. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a really big podcast, and there's a lot of attention at most, probably most of the time when you guys do an episode. But I do want to ask this. Um, sometimes when, like, when you guys do have episodes, like, how much does it go into um, prepping before you guys put anything out to the public? Um, we pre-prep. It's Now it's six different individual personalities. And yeah. so everybody has separate interests and separate things are are important to them, right? So um, I might bring in topics on finance or what uh, the the rental, the the highest rent in the country, which was Jersey City a couple months ago. I'll bring that in, or how New York rents are going up, or how the banks are moving. Um, Ice might bring in something about. Um, the newest stuff coming out with Apple and iPhones. Oh. Melissa might bring in some relationship stuff. Joe will bring in some <laughs> funny stuff. Or you, you understand what I'm saying? So we all have yeah. different personalities. So if mm-hmm. I bring in three or four topics, Joe brings in three or four topics, Mel, I, Parks, we all bring in three, four, five different topics. We'll basically sit down, throw all the topics on, on the board, and see which ones interest us. We try to be um, – Funny, equally funny and equally informative. Yeah. Right. So we'll we'll try to um, set it up where we come out the gate with some funny stuff. We you don't <laughs> want to um, have everybody depressed sitting at their desk talking. To, I mean, sitting at their desks talking about um, the latest police brutality incident. You know what I mean? Right, but we yeah, but that's important it. for our community. It's important for mm-hmm. our community, so we got to put that in there. But we'll probably leave that toward hour two. You know what I mean? So we'll kind of yeah. design how we want the flow of the pod to go based on whatever topics all of the um, the parties bring in. And that, that's kind of our pre-prep. We'll laugh. It. We'll discuss it a little bit off mic. No, no, save that. Save that. Save that. Let's say that on mic. You know what I mean? And so we'll just kind of yeah. go through a, a flow like that. Complex calls you guys the number one podcast of the culture. What was your uh, reaction from hearing that um, with Complex? I think they're a pretty respected uh, magazine company. What were your thoughts and reactions to them saying that? 
my thoughts, they were almost yeah. number one. I mean, they were number They were number one when I got there. So um, that's a good thing <laughs> that we've been able to kind of grab the torch with the personnel transitions and maintain that number one status. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, if, if we would have lost the co-host and then all of a sudden Ice and myself um, picked up the reins and we just dropped three or four spots, then that would be a little disheartening because that means we are not doing something that we should be doing. So, again, I, I can't take the credit for being number one. They were already number one. <laughs> but um, right. I think it's a good thing that we were able to um, maintain that, that, that same status. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. And I want to get into you being an entrepreneur. So uh, you do a lot of real estate. Could you tell us a bit about your real estate uh, portfolio and, and what all that is about? Uh, you said what it's all about. Um, My real estate portfolio is primarily rentals, long-term rentals. Okay. Um, I do flip houses also. But um, my my thing is uh, pretty much long-term rentals. I'm trying to get into some development from the ground-up stuff and some bigger projects mm -hmm. in the Midwest. But um, as of right now, I'm primarily just um, a, a landlord of sorts that just owns yeah. um, a bunch of long-term rentals. I don't really do the Airbnb thing. I thought it was trendy, and I, I didn't want to um, gamble in that. You see it basically um, caving in. Hello. Hold on, Ish. I I think that she um she had disconnected. Hold on. Are you guys still on? Ayana, are you back? Okay, yeah, we're still on. Yeah, I, I broke up for a little bit. I'm so sorry. It's um, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, the last question I was just, I was, we were speaking on real estate and you were getting to how you stopped doing the Airbnb. I've not, no, I, I've never that. done Airbnb. Yeah, I've never done Airbnb. I thought it was a trendy thing when everybody started doing it. I wasn't really sold mm -hmm. on it. Um, my thing is long-term holds. I think the long-term holds build your income up and it gets you in a place of um, financial freedom. You know what I mean? Like if you, yeah. if you have, if you can supplement your income, let's say you, you might love what you do. But if you didn't, which most people in America don't really love their jobs, most people hate their jobs. So if you can find something that supplements the income, let's say you're making eight, nine grand a month. If you can supplement mm -hmm. eight or nine thousand dollars in income every month and have your day be your own to contribute to your mm -hmm. own business and building your own business, I think most people would trade places in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that that's um primarily where I am. Again, I um I'm a contractor too. So I'm looking mm -hmm. into um getting more land acquisitions and developing them from the ground up in bigger projects. What would be your advice to somebody that would like to get into real estate or, you know, start doing what you do with real estate? Um, I, I get I get the question a lot. Um, I think it varies. My <laughs> advice varies depending on where you live, right? I think um, it's regional. So I think that your strategy should be based on your market and where you live. Mm -hmm. So, for example, New Jersey. All right, let me let me take you. Where do you live? 
If you don't mind me. I live in Brooklyn, <laughs> but I'm in Charlotte now. All right, cool. All right. So you're from Brooklyn, uh, but you're in Charlotte now. Mm-hmm. So we in the north, we in the northeast, right? We have a ton yeah. of multifamily houses. So in Brooklyn, you could go buy a brownstone that has three units in it, right? That yeah. supplements your that supplements your income. So we have it a little easier, I think, than other states, even though our price points are higher. My advice to everybody is try and start off with a four family. If you start off with a four family. You could come in at 3% down, which most people don't have a ton of money to put down on a house, right? That, that's why a bunch yeah. of people rent. Um, mm-hmm. So my advice is start with a four-family. You'll have three apartments that you can rent out, and you can live in the fourth one for free. Most people, their biggest bill is their rent. Their biggest expenditure is their rent or their mortgage. So imagine if you didn't have to pay rent, the things that you would be able to do. You know what I mean? Like right. you, that would be a, mm-hmm. a blessing. So right. um, I tell people start with a four, rent the three units out, live in the fourth one for free, or live in the fourth one at a real small cost. Stack that, stack that money for a year maybe, and you could move on to the next one. Also, um, as houses increase in value, that money and that equity is now accessible for you to pull. So if you bought a well, Brooklyn is ridiculous, but let's just <laughs> let's say Brooklyn, right? If you bought right. a if you bought a brownstone for three million dollars, which is insane to even say out loud, if you bought a brownstone mm-hmm. for a, a four unit for three million dollars, you might be renting each one of those units for five grand a month. Fifteen thousand dollars, you live in the you live in the fourth unit for free. You're stacking that money every single month. That's four or five grand that you might save at the end of the year. You got 50 grand to go jump into another project. You might even have equity in your new house. You could pull another 50 out of that. You might have 100 grand to go deposit, I mean, to go put down on another project. And you just basically repeat those results. Is that it? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. No, that's my advice for a beginner. My advice for a beginner is to start with a multi. I don't advise. Yeah. People do. I don't advise beginners to start with flip. I think that's a big boy business. I think it requires construction knowledge. I think it requires mm-hmm. knowledge of the markets and other things that a beginning invest, investor doesn't have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think you need to get some rentals under your belt, learn how to manage rentals, learn how to work with the plumbers, the electricians, the contractors on a smaller level so that you're comfortable if you go get a flip. Now I can talk to them. I'm a little bit more familiar with what's going on, and I have more insight to handle myself. I don't think people should start with flips. I think they should start with rentals. That's my personal um, strategy. And I want to ask you this. How important do you think it is for people to uh, learn about financial literacy, especially when, you know, like, for instance, uh, artists, athletes, like, do you feel like it's important that people get an idea of financial literacy? I think it's more than important. Um, I, I think financial literacy for us is right next to health. I think your your physical, mental health is first. I think next may be um, financial literacy. We've seen 
Um, well, maybe not nowadays, but we've seen like older athletes make twenty, thirty, forty, fifty million dollars in their lifetime. They're broke. You know what I mean? Like, I'm no offense to anybody, but some of these people made forty, fifty million dollars. They're now gym teachers, making forty thousand dollars a year, living really, really moderate yeah. lives. That's that's mm-hmm. all based on their lack of financial information, and and also when you lack financial information. It allows the predators to now take your money and steal it. We hear all of these um, stories, again, about athletes or entertainers that uh, their agents or their managers or their financial advisors um, basically stole their money. People that have generated hundreds of millions of dollars have been basically um, chilling. So I think that, right? I'm sorry. I said Ben Boozle. <laughs> I yeah, said Ben Boozle. Yeah, I've heard it so much. <laughs> yeah, swindled out of their money. So I think right next to um to uh health, mental and physical health, your financial health might be running third. You know what I'm saying? And so um, in our communities, of course, we don't really – in most communities, they don't learn it. Um, and I, I think that that is also by design. I think that the smarter you are financially, then the less control that people tend to have over you. You know what I mean? Again, my, I said my goal in real estate um, for most people when, I, when I'm mentoring them is financial freedom. That freedom allows you to do what you really want to do in the world. You know what I mean? You might want to go to the Peace Corps. You might want to help the wells. You might want to open up a daycare or help children. You might want to do a bunch of different things, but we're stuck working jobs that we really don't like. So I think that financial yeah. health um, is, is paramount for everybody, not just the athletes and the entertainers, but just for everybody across the board. Everybody. Yeah. I want to get into this because I heard a, a, a episode you guys did recently, and it was speaking on Gunner's new album. Um, what are your thoughts oh, on hip-hop pretty much, um, I would say, trying to blackball Gunner by not, you know, probably supporting his music or his album. But he did have probably one of the best albums that released uh, recently. Not and I saw that Joe Biden agreed on that, too. So what were your thoughts on You trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> I'm not. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> All right. I think, I think, I think the Gunner um, album can be approached from two different mindsets, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah. majority of the world and majority of music listeners and music fans don't necessarily um, appeal to the ideology about street culture. Yeah. Right? They don't know anything about it. They don't necessarily subscribe to it. So I think um, Gunner is safe. We see his album was successful. Mm-hmm. Right? I think, what did he do? Like 80000 the first week? eighty ninety thousand yeah. the first week? Almost, oh, I think he, I think he only successful. did. Yeah. Right? That's a success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You understand? So I, I think that's just a testament to how most people feel about what's going on in the street culture. Like, most people could care less about what's going on in the street culture. Now, the people yeah. that are living that life or come from that life, they have a drastically um, different opinion on what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think also what's going on, um, it's still questionable. Like, we haven't heard Thug speak. So I think um, until all of the facts really come out, 
people are still con- yeah, people are still kind of up in the air about what really transpired. Some people know, some people don't. So I think that um everybody's opinion is just their their opinion. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we see that in his numbers. It's been reflected in his numbers that some people could care less about what took place. I would just ask you this as far as the hip hop standpoint goes. We're snitching. What when is, is that when, when do people draw the line with the snitching in hip hop? I'm just I'm curious. I wanna know. Like I again, I'm a I'm a journalist. I, I just wanna know when do people draw the line with it because I'm I don't understand how how is 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 something that stops people from wanting to support artists. Um, let me see if I'm an analogy guy, so let me see if I could give you an analogy. Um, you're doing business with somebody, right? You guys own Mm -hmm. a jewelry store. You guys own a jewelry store. Your morals and your ethics when you're running the jewelry store are agreed upon by you and the next individual. Right? Follow me? All right. If that, mm-hmm. if that particular individual, when stuff starts to get bad in the jewelry store, like let's say sales are down and you can't pay your rent and you can't do um, certain things, if that individual now deviates from what you guys agreed upon when you started out in the jewelry store, you have a problem with that, yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah. You do, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if, you, so if you and I are in business together on a street level and we take this unsaid oath about how we're going to conduct ourselves in street business, and when you get put in the hot water, whether it be the law, whether it be um, rival crews, whatever the case may be, if you start to deviate from what we set out upon as our unwritten or written code of ethics, then people would have a problem with that. Yeah. Yes? Mm-hmm. Was, was that good, or you want me to go further? <laughs> no, no, that's good. <laughs> that, that's yeah, good. I, got it. Go I, got it. I definitely understood that. So I want to get into okay. this. Top five, top five all time. I mean, I mean, sometimes that's hard for, like, certain people I interview to, to like, actually give the top five off the top of their head. But if you have your top five off the top of your head, who's, who's making a list? Um, J and Pac are one and one A. Um, for me, I'm older too, so mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I remember. Got it. Um, I, I know the effect of certain artists. I felt certain artists when I was younger that a lot of people are only hearing today. Like you might go listen to yeah. Tupac, it might not affect you how it affected us when we were 20 years old walking around when Hit 'Em Up came out. People don't yeah. know what the streets were like back then. Um. People weren't around when the clue tape dropped. A clue tape, people went and got an outfit and got a car wash and played the clue tape the whole week or two nonstop. People weren't around to feel some of those um, effects of a Jay-Z freestyle or a Locks freestyle. So um, Jay and Pac are one and one eight for me. Um, mm-hmm. Jay, Pac, uh, I would probably say Scarface. Nice. Jay Pox, Scarface. Um, uh, I gotta put Drake in there. Just 
based on his impact and the run he's had. Yeah. Been Got it. Next to none. Mm-hmm. And uh again I'm an older dude, so I'm gonna go <laughs> rock him Big Daddy Kane. Or rock him. Oh no, wow, you said it's always a rock. Wait. Just rock him. Um, or Big Daddy. <laughs> G rap. Cool G rap. Nice. Oh, no, yeah, that was that was that's a really good list. It's a really good list. So I'm 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 just saying. So Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, and Cool G Rap are all on the same line. I'm, if I had to pick one, I'm gonna pick G Rap, and then Rakim and um, Kane will be six and seven. Yeah, Rakim and Kane will be six and seven. Dope. Okay, so I want to get into this. Uh, what are some things you want to accomplish before the end of the year? What's uh, some of your goals for? Uh, the end for the rest of 2023. In, in which arena, or just overall? Just overall. But obviously, like, um, what you do? Um, in the media space, uh, hopefully the podcast will stay number one. Uh, and then hopefully I'll, you know, get my feelers and the antennas out to potentially um, start being more visible in media, Joe, Joe's been pushing me to be a little bit more visible and to be a little bit more um, assertive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, doing, I, again, this interview is a testament to that. You know what I mean? So um, I'm going to start to try and, um, you know, again, uh, expand in the media space. Then in the real estate space, mm-hmm. uh, I want to pick up a couple couple more acquisitions. Um, if, if I can get another uh Six or seven units, I think that'll be a successful year yeah. for me. If I can get another, maybe like another seven, eight units, um, that'll mm-hmm. be successful for me. I'll be happy with that. Yeah. I want to ask you this. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Six months. Well, Ish, you also you also are looking into writing a book, correct? In the near future, oh, wow. I you want to add that. Oh yeah, that too. Absolutely. Um, I'm working on. I have an outline done. Thank, thank you, Bianca. Right now, but I have an outline <laughs> done. Um, I just got to start finding some time and some space to put the words down on paper. Um, and and make it basically just come to life and come to fruition. I know what I want to say, but it's all jumbled up in my head, and I gotta, you know, once I think once I start getting it down, it'll start just taking a life of its own and start writing itself. It's just me, again, finding yeah. the quiet time to be in a corner or at a desk and just start typing. I think it'll, it'll kind of come organically into fruition. What are some words of advice to uh, future entrepreneurs? Like, what are, what are, like, some things you want to leave them with as far as um, how well you've been able to manage being an entrepreneur? Um... I, I haven't managed it well. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm, I'm 20 years in. I've, I've gotten my head knocked off. I've had the bumps, the bruises, the scrapes, the cuts. Um, all of that comes with the territory. So yeah. um, stay the course. I don't want to sound cliche, but you really do have to stay the course. Like, you gotta you got to build up a mental toughness and a mental fitness to not quit. Again, mm-hmm. it sounds super duper clear. Everybody says it. But if everybody's saying it, it can't be wrong. Um, you really got to be thick-skinned. You got to take the bumps and the bruises along with the successes. Uh, 
a lot of times, even in the music business, a lot of times people quit right before their break. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, Neo is one of my favorite mm-hmm. artists, and I've heard Neo talk about the story where he basically wanted to give up on music. He had given up on music. Look, Jay-Z becomes the CEO of Rockefeller, remembers his, I mean, not Rockefeller, of Def Jam, remembers his demo, and the rest is history. You know what I mean? Like, a wow. lot of times you kind of can't, can't give up on yourself. Um, uh, you got to read. You got to educate yourself. And whatever your craft is, you have to educate yourself whether it's music, whether it's construction, whether it's real estate, whether it's um, stocks, you have to stay mm-hmm. abreast of all of the new changes, especially how fast technology has taken over the world. Construction is vastly different. I saw a robot uh, building a foundation the other day, literally building a house foundation the other day, the robot, laying the cement and laying wow. the brick. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah. Nobody would have thought that 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So you have to stay abreast of all of these things because that's where your value is. Your value is in the information. Your value is in knowledge. Um, we see people selling courses every day because the value is in the information. People are now selling the information. So, um, you know, you got to stay the course. You got uh, to keep continuing to educate yourself on the things that you love and the, that you're passionate about. And uh, and, and then thirdly, you got to be ready to work hard and act. I think you'll be yeah. fine. And that's going to be the end of our interview. Ish. Thank you so much uh, for doing this interview with Respect Thank Magazine. You. We greatly appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Thank